Hello and welcome to another episode of Letting Go. I am your host, Nadine Marsh. I'm also the author of the book titled It's Okay to Let Go. And tonight I'm excited to talk about the topic of emotions. It's coming to you out of chapter two of the book. And that chapter is entitled, So Angry I Could Punch You, But I Won't. But before we get into tonight's session, I just wanted to thank you for listening to last session. And the last session, we laid the ground rules from which we'd be operating. And it's from a purely relational perspective. Obviously, because we're talking about the subject of divorce, a lot of it will be coming from that topic specifically for those listeners who have either gone through divorce, are going through divorce, or about to go through that traumatic process. And my goal is to have a few nuggets that you'll be able to learn from, or maybe, you know, look at from a different perspective. But the overall goal is to assist in that process and make it as less stressful as possible. So give me your opinions on what you thought about the session. And also, if there's anything specific that you want me to touch on, we'll definitely see if we can get into some of the other topics that I might not be able to discuss. Because again, everything that I talk about is from a personal experience and based upon what I see is happening to some of my friends or relatives who have also gone through divorce. So it is limited in scope. Um, Obviously, we don't touch on every single topic, which is why your input is greatly appreciated. So with that being said, let's jump right into it. I always like to open up with prayer. And Father God, I thank you for tonight. I thank you that my listeners will be blessed by the words that are coming out of my mouth. Let healing also be spread tonight, O God. You know where we are individually and you know what we need. So let the words that are coming out be sustenance and be helpful to those who feel hopeless. Let them see the light at the end of the tunnel and know that all things work together for their good. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. All right. I am so excited. So the topic tonight, again, is about emotions, and it's going to be so much meat to unpack it might spill over into maybe two or three subsequent sessions. Um, I don't know. We'll, We'll just go with the flow and see where we end up. Because I'm talking about emotions, I'll do a lot of word definitions so that we're all on the same page because I don't want to lose anyone as the tendency sometimes is to get general in, um, descriptions or very broad, I want to fine tune it to a specific scenario so that we can then take it from this specific situation and put it into our particular situation. Hopefully that makes sense. So because we're going to be defining terms and talking about emotions, I would like to put a few disclaimers on the record and those disclaimers will also hold for all future discussions okay so disclaimer number one i'm not a psychologist i'm not a psychiatrist i'm not a licensed mental health professional 
The thoughts expressed are my own based on my personal experience and those of my friends and family who I have interviewed for some segments of the podcast. My hope is that my listeners will benefit from what I have to say and hopefully they can relate to what I'm saying and be able to use it and utilize the suggestions and recommendations in these podcasts in their specific situations to minimize any trauma while going through divorce. Next is all content for this session relates to the book. It's okay to let go and represents my personal family experience. And I am a Christian. I said this also in the first podcast. My book and my podcast are for everyone, Christian and non-Christian, but they will include references from the Holy Bible. I will be praying when I refer to the creator. I'm talking about God Almighty. Um, There will be references to Jesus Christ because he is my Lord and Savior. So hopefully no one will get offended. If those items will offend you, I can tell you, you can disconnect and I won't be hurt if you never come back because I don't want to offend anyone. The goal of these podcasts, as I outlined before, is to talk you through the divorce process from my experience, from others who've gone through it, and hopefully help minimize your trauma as you go through yours. So now that we've gotten that out the way, let's talk about emotions and how they affect us as humans. Our emotional capacity is where I'm going to park for a little bit tonight. And um, I'm going to build a foundation on that. And I believe that the emotional capacity is an individual perspective. And it's based on our ability to understand who we are and how we respond to the world and the people who live within it. Okay. So when I talk about our capacity, I'm talking about our ability to contain all of that, all the emotions that we'll experience as we go through life and as we relate to individuals. So what are emotions? Um, I would, for the sake of content, describe emotions as reactions to the internal and external stimuli or events that occur in our direct proximity meaning how we respond to things that happen to us, whether directly or indirectly, but they affect us one way or another. Okay. I should also say that emotions can also be referred to as feelings. So placing this in context to our general topic of relationships, emotions will most times govern our interactions with one another. And that's true in romantic relationships, non-romantic relationships, how we as parents deal and interact with our children and how they in turn deal and interact with us. Platonic relationships between boyfriend, girlfriend, not necessarily romantic, but you know, you have a friend who is a boy or you have a friend who's a girl, you know what I mean? And then all those fall under the heading of interactions from a relational perspective. I want to start on that foundation because I'm going somewhere with this piece um, from chapter two. And I, I feel that in order for me to build upon the context itself, I have to start in the basic sense of relationships and emotions and how they're related. Because 
later on as we unpack like I said a lot of this heavy material it will all I promise you it'll all come together and we'll see exactly why I started the way that I started and and why the foundation has to be set in this manner in chapter two I talk about my emotional state of mind during the divorce and uh, you know the topic itself and the subtitle of I'm so angry I could punch you, but I won't is an, a, an insight into how raw my emotions were leading up to the divorce, even many years after and how I found out a lot of things about me that I didn't realize. And it all stemmed from expectations. So expectations that were not set in the relationship. Is that why I ended up on this dead end road? Is that why I ended up in divorce? Did I not recognize certain things? Could I have handled myself differently? All right. So interesting questions that I now look back to see what role exactly did my emotional capacity or lack thereof what role did that play in the demise of my marriage? So let's park for a second. Let's just neutralize the marital piece. Let's just look at a basic relationship and close your eyes for a second if that helps and just picture yourself with a friend or a family member, someone who's real. So that way it'll stir up what I'm trying to stir up in you. Let's focus specifically on any red flags in that relationship that alerted you to potential problems either caused by you or the other person where you saw, you know, feelings of anxiety or concern or emotional discomfort. Pause for a second. Think about what those are. Write them down and be very specific about what they are. So let me repeat. Thinking specifically of a, preferably a non-romantic relationship. This is a real person in your life. In your interactions with this person, have you ever encountered any situations that revealed potential red flags that also highlighted certain problems that caused you or the other person any anxiety, any concern, or any emotional discomfort? What were those specific items that caused you concern, emotional discomfort, or anxiety? Write them down. If you don't write everything down, that's also fine because again, there are no right and there are no wrong answers. But what I want to do is I'm, I'm going somewhere. So just indulge me. So now that you've identified the person, you've written down the things that you saw, I want to break down some of the things that causes discomfort and fear in just regular relationships. And then if I'm successful in that, I can transfer it over to the romantic side of, of the relationship piece. Okay. But the goal right now is not to write every single thing down. If you get maybe two to three or maybe five points down, that's cool. That's a good place to start. All right. Now, your next step is to take each item one at a time 
and ask yourself, why did that particular item bother you? Next question, did you address it with the person? And the third question you ask yourself, what was the outcome when you addressed it or did not address it with that person? All right. Now, I want us to change focus now going into our marital relationship. The same exact feelings that you just went through with that person, whoever that was in the first exercise, use that same process and identify for me specific things in the relationship that raised a red flag, caused you anxiety, caused you concern, caused you emotional discomfort. And then it's just like what you did with that other exercise, write down each item and ask yourself, why did those items bother you? Did you address it with your spouse? What was the outcome? I started this basic example because I found that when you explain to a person how their actions or words or lack of action negatively impacted you and that there is disdain or disregard or an apparent feeling that your emotions aren't being taken into consideration or that basically they're taking you for granted or that you know you felt like you were dismissed it's trying to set up effective communication not only from a relational perspective but carrying it over into our everyday lives into our business relationships into our personal relationships right and also controlling your emotions to the point where you can articulate specifically what the issue is and explain to the person how they offended you and how it made you feel. Because I find that when you respond out of really anger or from a knee-jerk response, you don't necessarily explain to the person or paint a clear picture of what the issue is. And nine times out of ten, they're going to offend you again with the same issue because it wasn't clear the first time when you explained it or, or tried to break it down to them. So if you try to put yourself in their shoes and, you know, sometimes people don't understand how someone else feels when you put yourself in their shoes or you put or allow them to put you in their shoes and they explain to you the angle from which they're coming, it usually makes more sense. And effective communication is just that. It's when we break down the topic to a simple term that anyone whether they're a part of the issue or not, anyone who listens to the situation understands it and understands the various points of view, but they can also relate to the matter being discussed because it's broken down to its simplest form. Most marriages break down when communication is not clear and each party feels like they're not being heard or they feel like they're not valued. And, and I mean, that's also true in any relationship, right? But especially in marriages where the commitment is much stronger, we have to make the effort and the extra attempt to go that extra mile to understand where our spouse and our partner is coming from. Our vows hold each of us liable to the other party 
and we promise to be there for each other for good, bad, ugly, indifferent. And that takes work to develop and it takes work to grow a healthy relationship. If we have partners who are selfish and refuse to hear what the other person is saying, any hopes of building a strong foundation is dead because the foundation has to be built on trust. Controlling our emotions also require some level of maturity. I mean, let's be honest. We are not screaming children looking to get our way. Well, some of us are. Okay, I'm not speaking to those. I'm speaking to reasonable adults who are not like that. And yet some of us end up with just that. Being a selfish child or married to a selfish child looking to have their way always. It's my way or the highway. That gets old really quickly and can damage the psyche of the other party as it most oftentimes breaks down the path and leads in the direction of manipulation. We won't touch on manipulation in this session, but I'm going to park it. I'm going to pick it up later on. I feel like, um, you know, any role that a person plays in not understanding the viewpoint of their partner just sends the wrong message and it will ultimately end in the destruction of the marriage. Learning to control our emotions also takes time and it requires patience. Sometimes we will win, sometimes we will learn because we never lose. Everything we don't succeed in, chalk it up to a learning experience. There is an art to compromise. And if neither party is willing to take the back seat in a discussion or on any matter, then there is no closure and there is no possibility to move forward. So taking these points into serious consideration, can you potentially see how certain pitfalls could have been avoided in your relationship? Sometimes we ourselves have to take the high road and allow our partner to win because that builds character in us and we end up growing. We're able to have healthier conversations, better communication, and subsequently better relationships because your partner feels safe. Everybody wants to feel safe in a relationship, whether it's financial security, emotional security. Security is important to both parties. And even though guys act like they're tough and they're macho or whatever, it's just a tough facade that was taught to them early in life because we were told that boys don't cry, boys don't show emotion, which is the biggest lie. Men are human beings and they should be allowed to show their emotions and express themselves just as easily as women do. Because I feel like these tough exteriors that they build up can sometimes be the covering protecting a wounded child that never got any resolution or any help from whoever those authority figures were in their lives or those leadership figures were in their lives and they just shoved it under the rug and kept pushing. Now we have these wounded boys, these wounded men operating in life, help, you know, expected to help build and raise the family structure when they themselves are on shaky foundation. That's a different podcast. And, you know, um, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole because trust me, there's a lot there as well, too. But coming back to the point for tonight, 
I'm, I'm also not talking to anybody who's unreasonable. I am not talking to those people who want no peace and always want to have their way. Those type of folks, to me, make it difficult to live with and very hard to interact with them. So if you find yourself to be that person, if anyone has ever told you that you are unreasonable or that you're hard to live with, check yourself. Because what I'm about to say and suggest to my listeners is, if you are that person, get help. If you are married to or you're in relationship with someone who is like that, avoid them at all costs. Yes, avoid them at all costs because those types of people, you'll never win with them. They're uncoachable. They're hard-headed and they're very prideful and I like to use the word ignorant because, you know, the Jamaican is coming out in me. But I guess a better word is that they think that they know everything. They are know-it-all. Always right. Mr. Right. Miss Right. No one wants you around. So you automatically become Mr. Wrong or Miss Wrong. And you have no one to blame but yourself. So let's look at that. The fact that everyone loves peace. And I mean... Let's, re let's be realistic also. There are going to be moments in our life where we just don't have peace for whatever reason. But if you don't make your home, your sanctuary, where everyone who lives under that roof feels like they can come home to a place of safety and a place of peace, it's going to be impossible to coexist with you if you are the one causing the irritation. And when you find a place, you ever, you ever been with someone who just made you feel so calm or you step into an environment and whether it's the paint on the wall or the music or the smell or the atmosphere or the culture, you just feel right at home and you just feel peaceful. That is what people are looking for within their home life. And whatever it is that you need to do to get it, figure out what is causing the issue Remove it and get peace to be part of that environment. I'm telling you, you will see happier children. If you don't have any children, happier adults. If it's just you, you will come home and be happy to be home. You'll breathe that ah, sense of exhale and relaxation. And finally, I am home in my safe zone. And, and if you don't know what your safe zone feels like or what it looks like, do some research. I mean, technology is so advanced now. All you have to do is Google, how do I set up a sanctuary in my home? And a lot of things will pop up. Pick some things that you like that brings you peace because you've been around for long enough to know what you like and what you don't like and bring that into your space. So I feel like I've laid the groundwork for the rest of the discussions. And, you know, I want to also use this opportunity to say that some of the emotions we're going to talk about will be healthy and some not so healthy or unhealthy, right? And the unhealthy ones we want to avoid because they will ruin all our relationships. And if any of you 
maybe not right now, but after the divorce dust settles, you will want or may want another relationship. So information you can tuck away for when you need it. Thank God for podcasts and recordings so that you can refer back to them when you most need. All right. So because I always like to end on a positive note, let's start with the negative emotions that can ruin our interactions with individuals. And these are in no particular order. It's not an all-inclusive list and some things I might have excluded, but these are to me some of the more popular ones especially as it relates to romantic relationships that are negative and and can ruin our interactions with our spouses. And these are things like anger, shame, guilt, failure, resentment, loneliness, inadequacy, helplessness, fear, and jealousy. We'll look at those in our next session And we'll also obviously look at the healthy ones because some of the ones that I pointed out uh, might not necessarily be all negative. There might be some healthy pieces to it, like with guilt, for instance, because it shows that you do have an active conscience. But we'll talk about that later on. So hopefully you'll come back and tune in to the next session. I hope that tonight was filled with at least a meaningful experience, especially on the exercise that I led us on for identifying some of the ways that we could communicate better. My name is Nadine Marsh. I thank you for spending this half hour with me and I look forward to catching up with you next time. Take care.